Welcome to Conversations with Doc Martin. This video series focuses on extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. Today is certainly no exception. We're joined by my friend Mark Malewski, an avid outdoor enthusiast and quite the avid outdoor enthusiast. He has hiked through the entire 2,160-mile Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine in 1997, summited the 48 highest peaks in New Hampshire's White Mountains, and the 46 highest peaks in New York's Adirondack Mountains. In 2019, August of 2019, he summited Indonesia's 16,224-foot Mount Kartnez Pyramid, completing a project he started in 2007 to climb all seven summits, the highest mountain on each continent, including Mount Everest in 2016, which we'll certainly get into. Mark is an Eagle Scout, and he currently serves as a Scoutmaster of Boy Scout Troop 25 in Manchester, Connecticut, where he's volunteered for over 30 years. Professionally, Mark is an Associate Professor of Business Administration, teaching management courses at Tunxis Community College in Farmington, Connecticut. So Mark, welcome to you. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Martin. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, for our viewers out there, I think, uh, disclaimer, uh, Mark is another one of my friends who's, uh, who's joined us. And We've known each other, oh my gosh, since we were 14. Uh, we met in Mr. Lorden's uh, uh, algebra class, right? At uh, Kingswood Oxford School. So a shout out to good old KO. And uh, who would have known all these years later that we'd be sitting here talking about your amazing accomplishments, uh, climbing climbing rocks, climbing mountains, right? And so, um, you know, I, 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 I'd be remiss if, if I didn't mention it's, it's kind of ironic. I don't know why, but you know, I've had several people in my life, you and my friends, Sean Swarner, who have done the same thing. And there's only, I looked it up, I think 56 people in the world that, uh, or those who've done the uh, Explorers Grand Slam, uh, a slight larger number that have climbed all the, all the highest peaks on the seven continents, but you are in a very small group, my friend. So I kind of love to start out with just talk about how this all started for you and where your love of hiking kind of came from, if you will, or climbing, excuse me, came from. Yeah, I would like to start just by saying that I learned a lot from our mutual high school yep. experience at yeah. Oxford about grit, about persevering through hardship, because it was a very difficult high school to make it through. There was right. three hours of homework a night, extracurricular activities strongly encouraged, mandatory sports. So I remember being pushed to the brink several times during high school, wanting to quit, but I did push through and now I'm so glad for that accomplishment and yeah. look back a lot of great friendships were made, including ours. So yeah. uh, a huge lesson learned there. But my love of the outdoors goes back farther to my family, my parents. They were in a hiking club and a ski club. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as I could stand, they taught me to ski. So I learned about being comfortable in the outdoors in the winter very early on. And then um, they put me into scouts. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where I really learned the basics. And that formed the foundation of how to do well in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 
I took an Outward Bound course in high school, which is an outdoor education adventure school. 23 days of alpine mountaineering in the Colorado Rockies after sophomore year of high school. I think I remember that. Yeah, you were all excited to go. Yeah, yeah. The uh, class about that. And uh, then I took a larger one, 83-day course after college. And I just kept building my skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and my my goals became bigger. Yeah. Consequence. That that's really fascinating to me because one of the things I've I've always respected about you is the element of perseverance here. And for those who don't understand what it takes to climb Mount Everest, which we'll get into, the level of stick-to-itiveness, grit, as you use the word, financial resources that you have to garner, because it's not. This is not like planning your your uh, um, you know your dream trip. This is this is a this is a bit of a different level uh, on all levels, and so you know when when you think about the the perseverance, there there's there's obviously something that you get out of the climbing experience, and so I, I think one of the things that I'm most curious about is how do you feel when you're on the side of a mountain, any mountain, doesn't matter which one, what's, what's, what's it do for Mark? Well, I feel fully alive. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing one of the things that I love the most Mm -hmm. in my life, but there's a lot going on. Number one, I'm very much in the moment. Yep. I'm in the zone because especially on these high mountains, you really have to watch every single step yep uh or an accident can happen and bad things can result so i'm very much in the zone paying attention to right now Mm -hmm. but i'm also uh at times looking around and just loving the beauty and majesty of nature and this creation that we're in, it is endlessly fascinating to me. Even when I'm alone climbing up a mountain in New Hampshire and a solitary bird just lands next to me and starts singing. That's amazing. That makes me wonder, like, yeah. why did that happen? Is it something larger happening here than I'm even aware of? So... Uh, also when I'm with friends, there's that companionship Mm -hmm. and it's also the, the, uh, it's so real and true. Like all of the superficial things about Mm -hmm. life melt away when you're in the mountains because you can't fake it. You're either going to achieve that objective or you're not. And you're either going to, uh, do it with a smile on your face or you're going to be revealed as someone who just complains and is annoying. To <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm curious too, then there, there's so much discussion, especially these days with you know, coming out of this pandemic and it's kind of reframed a lot of things for a lot of people and, you know, meditation and mindfulness and being present and being in the moment 
uh, has become important for many people who don't climb mountains. And so I, I'm kind of curious to ask you how, if, if I may use the term mindfulness that you shared, how, how that's translated in your day-to-day -day life from, from the side of the mountain. Yes, I think it's a huge lesson mm -hmm. in my life. When, when people started talking about mindfulness, I thought to myself that I've been doing this for years. Yep. I know exactly what they're talking about. And I think it's extremely important these days because there are so many distractions. We have so many screens. Yep. And everybody loves to talk about what great multitaskers they are. <laughs> when yes. in reality, none of us are good at multitasking. Yep. And truly the most successful technique is to be in the moment and devote yourself to that one thing. Mm -hmm. And mountaineering really does teach you that very well, putting one step in front of the other and being present, being aware of all your surroundings. And that ends up enriching your life too, because in your personal relationships, you learn to be with the person that you're with or the people that you're with and devote yourself to them at that moment. If you watch a group of teenagers walking down the street, they're all on their cell phones texting someone else yeah more important to them than the people <laughs> who are with them immediately right now exactly so, <laughs> there's a lot of important lessons to learn about being present that the mountains teach yeah that's uh you know one of my favorite quotes i don't know if you ever read the book the one thing but in the book he quotes a gentleman named steve uzel who says multitasking is merely the opportunity to screw up more than one thing at a time <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's one of my favorite quotes because, uh, you know, we can we can we can technically do two things at the same time, like walking with your friend and texting, but we can't focus on two things at the same time. So I think that's it's really, really good advice. And, you know, you, you teach, you know, business administration and, and you're in a community college setting. And as we were talking before we hit the record button, you know, how much you enjoy the community college setting because it's such a wonderful, diverse group of people in terms of backgrounds and ages and so forth. And I, I love talking to people how their passions have ended up impacting their, their, the other elements of their lives. And so how do you feel this, this uh, be, being such an accomplished climber and, and really understanding mindfulness and being present has kind of helped you to help your students in, in the college setting? Well, on the first day of class, I share the adventures that I've had with my students. Cool. And uh, many have told me afterwards that that inspired them to think bigger. Yeah. So that makes me happy because yeah. I, I would like through my adventures to inspire others to pursue their own adventures mm -hmm. and does not have to be Everest. It's whatever big, exciting, yep. challenging thing they want to do is. So uh, that is one of the joys of teaching to be able to open up the mm -hmm. world for a student and see that it can be bigger. The possibilities can be bigger and that they can accomplish it. And I, I think that the big 
thing there is just to be passionate about what you're doing. That's why I keep climbing mountains mm -hmm. because I love doing it. Mm -hmm. so, and it's, I love studying people who have had long careers who, or who have done things for a long time. Like mm -hmm. look at Phil Mickelson mm -hmm. or Roger Federer mm -hmm. or even Joe Biden right now. True. They've all been at it for a long time. Why? I think it's because they love what they're doing. We only get one shot at this life as far as I know. <laughs> so let's not waste our time doing things that we don't enjoy. Let's really think about what is it that I want to be doing? How do I want to spend my limited time and then start creating a plan? Yeah. And execute on it. That that's that's unbelievable. And you know, I, I I'm very humbled by what you have been able to accomplish, not just externally, but but internally as well. Because what stops so many of us is sitting right between our ears and and the stories that we tell ourselves. And and I remember back a number of years ago, um, for my friends who are part of Spear Education, I, I talked about you. Uh, at the Spear Annual Summit a number of years ago. And, and that's when I, I really first started to learn um, what it takes to actually climb Mount Everest. And I, I, for myself, as an external person looking in, I very much look at it as a metaphor for, for what you just shared. The passion, the stick to it, making a plan, going after what it is you want to do, and so I'd like to talk about that for a few minutes, because as, as amazing as the accomplishment is to say that I'm one of the very few people you can say, not me, very few people in the world that have summited Mount Everest, for me, hearing your story and then following along as you were uh, there, as you were, as you were blogging, um, let's talk a little bit about the planning and, you know, if you're so comfortable, you know, the, relatively how much it costs and how you're able to make this happen. And so let's talk a little bit about uh, the planning process. Um, and, and just not only that, so I guess there's two questions, the, the planning process and then why Everest? Because of what, and, and that question comes to my mind mainly because I have a small window into what it takes. So when most people would look at that, they'd be like, whoa, no, that, that's too much. I can't do that. So, so why Everest? And then we can start talking about the planning element of it. Why Everest? It was not a lifelong dream. Mm -hmm. It was more of a cumulative effect mm -hmm. where I, I through hiked the Appalachian Trail which took six months. That's a long amount of time to mm -hmm. take off. Mm -hmm. And I, I learned a lot about perseverance on that through hike. As mm -hmm. well. Six months of grinding it away. Although I, I loved it, but there were a lot of long, hard, hot and humid, sure. rainy, stormy days that had to be pushed through. Uh, but you can't always take six months off. So I started thinking about 
climbing higher mountains. Mm-hmm. Shorter amount of time, but a wonderful return on investment. <laughs> so uh, I started with Mount Whitney, which is mm-hmm. the highest mountain in the lower 48 in mm-hmm. California. And then Rainier was an excellent training ground. Took a mm-hmm. glacier prep class and really learned a lot about uh, self-arrest and using your ice axe and the mm-hmm. knots and the harnesses and a lot of the things that I had learned through rock climbing, but applied to a glacier. Mm-hmm. And then it was off to the higher mountains and the seven summits, starting with Elbrus in Russia in 2007. And just at that point, even though I had kind of done the first seven summits, I didn't think Everest was a possibility. But ultimately, after a few years, it occurred to me that I... I did have now the skills to attempt Everest competently. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be one of these folks who would just pay a guide service and then get led up the mountain, not knowing what I was doing and probably a danger to everyone around me. True. But at that point, uh, I had gained those skills and I felt like I could be a competent member of the team. Mm-hmm. So, at, in, after 2009, 2009 was a great year because I summited both Denali and Aconcagua. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years after that, it did occur to me, all right, I, I could actually attempt Everest. So mm-hmm. I had to save some money because uh, if you want to go with a respectable high altitude guide service, you're probably going to start at around $65,000 wow. to climb the mountain. And then the costs add up. Sure. After that. Uh, so I had some saving to do. And uh, even though I'm a teacher and I have summers off, you know, Everest is a spring endeavor for most people. So I had to arrange with my college to have the spring semester off. So okay. I arranged an unpaid leave during that amount of time. Mm-hmm. I had to sign up a year before, and that in itself was interesting. In 2015, a huge earthquake hit Nepal, mm-hmm. killing around 9,000 people. An avalanche blew through Everest Base Camp killing 19 people. And this is the time when I'm signing up for my Everest expedition. (laughs) I had to seriously think about whether the mountain really wanted to be climbed at this time, but I had some discussions with adventure consultants, which is Mm -hmm. the guide service that I went with and Mm -hmm. had gone with on other mountains. Excellent, excellent highly ethical and responsible organization ultimately decided to go ahead and sign up and it it did all work out in 2016. Mm -hmm. But the planning aspect is very important. I I teach management courses. There's four functions of management and the Mm -hmm. first function is planning. Yep. You've got to have a plan. Yep. And um, you've got to be good at planning the details, but also the sort of the big picture too. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So getting organized, I thought at this point I had all the gear that I needed. You know, I had a minus 20 degree sleeping bag and I, but I saw on the gear list, you needed a minus 40. And I'm like, is the minus 20 okay? And they're like, no, you really need the minus 40. So I had to buy more gear, warmer boots. Uh, So there was still more purchasing to be done. The financial aspect, I mean, I added up all the costs of all the big mountains that I've, I I could have purchased a very nice house for all I'd spent on all of these mountains all over the place. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was very intentional about this is just what I enjoy. This is what I like doing. I I would always go with the best as well to maximize my chances. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and, and let, let's, let's call it what it is, particularly when you start climbing these mountains of these heights, uh, the safety element is real and the danger is real. And the element of you might not come back is very real. And I don't know how many people really truly understand that. I'm not going to say I understand it. I intellectually can process that fact, uh, but having never done it, I I can't process it, but it's, it's a, it's a real thing. And um, it, it, it was so amazing to kind of watch it in real time with you, so to speak. And, and I want to thank you again publicly for doing what you did because, uh, you know, going to Everest and, and all, the, all the steps to it and, and so forth, it, that's one thing. But to then have the presence of mind enough to go, no, I want to document this for everybody. For of course yourself, I would assume too, right? Um, but also for all your friends and loved ones that are that are thinking about you and the journey that you're on. And you know, when you you talk about you know the perseverance and and the planning and and how this uh, speaks to business, it's it's one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you on, other than the obvious, which because there could have been so many points where you just were like, you know what, this is great. It's a passion. I love it. I can, I can get my juice by climbing more local uh, uh, mountains, Uh, but I'm going to go halfway across the world and climb the highest peak in the world. And, you know, after I've done all the others and what you said really struck me and and you've shared this with me before that Everest wasn't ever a goal. Everest just kind of came about. And, I love that because so many people often discount their own life journeys and that, you know, the, the um, now it's kind of a meme or an illustration, you know, success is an iceberg and, you know, all, all the things that we, we tout as success are the things you see above the waterline. You don't see all the stuff below the waterline. Um, so if, if I were to say to you, you know, what's the one thing that you've gotten most out of all your climbing experiences for you, what would that be? I think it comes down to the one word adventure. Okay. Just the, the zest for living. Mm-hmm. All of the magnificent views that I've seen and all the fascinating people mm-hmm. that I've met. All this international mountaineering has been a wonderful way to see the world. Sure. And a wonderful way to meet other 
people who are excited about life. So I've met Navy SEALs. I've mm -hmm. met, you know, private equity financial gurus, <laughs> Goldman Sachs executives, uh, teachers, yeah. adventure travel company owners, mm -hmm. just engineers, people from all walks of life. Uh, there was one guy I was on mountain with who had been on Everest the year before during the earthquake survived, mm. but the season was over. Everyone had to go home. He had to go back to his wife and said, honey, I, I want to go back and try it again next year. Mm -hmm. And that meant they were going to have to mortgage their house. Uh, stories like that, just uh, the incredible bond that, you know, when you're stuck in a snowstorm in a tent with people and it's just about that human connection. So the, the adventure has, is what has driven me for sure. And I do love sharing the tale as mm -hmm. well for whatever lessons that it brings to others who hear it. I mm -hmm. do remember blogging in the Everest Base Camp tent, mm -hmm. our dining tent, and sometimes I was just in there alone, sort of plugging away when everyone <laughs> else was probably in their own tents, sleeping and relaxing and so yeah. on. I, I enjoyed it because it helps me reflect. I think, you know, the thing about continuous learning mm -hmm is a lot of people just go from one project to the next, to the next, to the next, and they don't stop and reflect and learn about it. And the blogging helped me to quiet down and sit down and think mm -hmm. and reflect and share. So it, it was helpful to me as well. And yes, there is Wi-Fi in Basecamp. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's actually, it's funny you say that because I realized that now, but I didn't even think of that at the time. Yeah, there had to have been, because or else you wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't be able to be reading it the next morning, you know, with the time zone or whatever. I had time to change. purchase minutes from our base camp manager and uh, I was getting some flack because I was going a little above, you know, what my <laughs> allotment should have been. But That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I thank you for it because uh, it was very much an inspiration and and, you know, let's call it what it is. It was also it was also great to know you were safe. And and so thank you for that. It was it was ni nice to follow along. And, you know, from the comfort of my home in Phoenix, I guess you could say, while you were freezing in your 40 below sleeping <laughs> bag and your warmer boots. Um, so, you know, I, I, I I'd be curious to kind of ask you as as um, we kind of wrap up our time together, just a couple additional things. You know, it's, it's, it, it, when, when we're pursuing something in our lives that we're passionate about, or we have interest in, um, sometimes roadblocks come at us. And for some people, those roadblocks are too much and they decide, you know what, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep going. And, you know, if you were, if you were talking to somebody who was looking to pursue a life goal or was feeling stuck and frustrated um, based on your experiences of perseverance, what, what advice would you give to them? Well, uh, first I would say that 
there probably are some things that we should give up on mm. that maybe we haven't thought enough. Why are we actually pursuing this in the first place? So look mm -hmm. very deeply at that. But if you are indeed doing something that you know you love mm -hmm. and uh, this goal excites you and you really want it, then, uh, then it is important to understand that you will have bad days and that you will want to give up sometimes. But when that happens, it's always important to go back to the vision Mm -hmm. big picture of why am I doing this in the first place? And that will carry you on because there's, there's always a little bit of, you have to be in the moment, but you also have to have the vision and be yep. goal oriented. Yeah. So there's a little bit of both. You've got to have the grit and persevere through those tough moments yep. because you have those big goals that you want to accomplish. So just don't lose sight of the vision I, I, that will help push you through. I love that. Um, you know, whether what I heard you say was whether, whether you choose to keep going or not, it's the why that you have to focus on. And it's the why that will guide you whether this is something I should no longer pursue, or this is something that I should absolutely pursue because at the end of the day and, you know, the immortal words of Simon Sinek, we have to start with our why. And so many times we get so caught up in the, in, in the, in what we think we have to do or what we should do within life. We, sometimes we lose sight of the why and get, and, and get caught up in the, the, the minutia of day-to-day -day life that can drive us all crazy sometimes. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, you're, you're such an inspiration. Uh, it's been so wonderful to, to stay connected with you all of these years. And I really want to thank you again for, for joining us uh, today. And we'll, we'll put uh, some of your information at, uh, in the uh, section below. And uh, I just uh, want to thank you so very much once again. So it's been a pleasure. So. Likewise, Martin, thank yeah. you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Absolutely. Well, listen, everybody, uh, this concludes our interview for today. Just want to remind everybody of two things. Don't forget to hit subscribe and click notifications so you don't miss out on any of our future interviews. Book reviews are heart to heart. And remember, life speaks to you. And if you think it doesn't, you're not listening. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.